When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I am also here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. We are currently recording this after the conclusion of the Broncos and Seahawks game, and let's just say the goings are not great here in Broncos country. I actually had to take a bit of a breather before I started recording this, and we will certainly take a deep dive into this heartbreaker of a loss in this podcast. But before we dive into that deep pool of depression, let's update on some Broncos injuries. So during the game, it looks like Quinn Miners, our offensive lineman, injured his hamstring in the first half of the game and didn't return to the game after his injury. He is supposed to get an MRI tomorrow to determine the severity. We all hope that his injury ends up being not as severe as it can be because he is quite an integral part of the offensive line, especially the run game, and we really hope that that doesn't end up being a long-term injury. We also had a few other players drop with injury, but they ended up coming back into the game. Just kind of your run-of-the-mill bang-ups in the first game of the season, so hopefully we're not too banged up, but uh, we will see. So, Dalton, what a game that was. How are you feeling? You called it. It was a trap game, <laughs> indeed, and, and, and we and we and we fell right into it, kinda. 
Yeah, we called that. We called it last week on last week's podcast, a literal trap like, game. This was this was the Seahawks. The Seahawks tried really hard this game. They yeah. tried re- like you could tell that like they brought like everything and this was week one this was they had a lot of emotion in this and i i will say that i i thought that the broncos would have come into this game with a lot of emotions too with it being russell wilson's return to seattle game but they just ran out of the gates and kind of fell flat on their face and it was a little bit of a shocker because again this was a trap game this was a game that the broncos were expected to be heavy favorites to win and they just came out and fell flat on their face in prime time television which was like one of the worst ways to go because the entire country's watching and now everybody's making fun of you and it just sucks (laughs) and seeing Geno Smith absolutely carve us up was gut-wrenching for only the first half though for only the first half though but that was enough carving up for it to hurt a lot (laughs) yeah we we made him look like Patrick Mahomes out there yeah he shouldn't have looked like that shouldn't look they shouldn't have looked that good he shouldn't have looked that good. I'm pretty disappointed. Um, I mean, we'll, with the fan questions here in a bit, we will dive a little bit more into, you know, what went wrong. But this is just kind of our initial reaction. I guess I just say I'm I'm going through the emotions uh, with this, you know, the post-loss feelings. I think I'm still using my coping mechanisms that I've been using for the past couple of years under the poor offense we've had for the past couple of years I feel I still think I am still using those so um I don't think it's completely hit me yet how bad of a loss this is I, I actually don't think this is that bad like it's a bad loss don't get me wrong but like this is like Nathaniel Hackett's first career game first head coach career game that's gonna be pretty stressful he's got to manage the clock he didn't do that very well but <laughs> that's an understatement I'm I'm not blaming him like he's got to learn it's a learning curve and none of our starters played in the preseason, so we really came out flat on our face like a preseason team. Yeah, I do agree with you on that one. I am not giving up on him just yet. I know there's some questions coming up about him, and we'll get more into that here in a bit. But it should be deemed as an ugly loss, because this should have been a game that the Broncos won. And especially with how they played and how many chances they had in the red zone to score, this should have been at least a 30 point, you know, 30 to what? I think this, what did the Seahawks end with? Like 17? 17 points? Yeah, this should be like a 30 to 17, 30 plus to 17 win. This shouldn't have been as close as it was. And I'm just, I guess, disappointed. There's a lot of other emotions that I'm feeling at the moment, but it just, it is... It's upsetting, and it's disappointing, and I hope this won't carry through the rest of the season. I'm not overreacting yet, <laughs> yet, but it is, yes, a disa- you are. <laughs> it is a disappointing loss. It really is. It really is. I was I was really excited, but as time grew on, I kept like checking my Twitter, and I was like, I'm getting more nervous. I don't like this. Something feels off. It's because we look like a preseason team. Yeah, I mean, this was their first time playing together in the regular season. And I season. hope we come out next week and slam the Texans. Yes, that we'll, we'll get into that preview of the upcoming game at the end of the podcast, but this this was eye-opening, and hopefully they'll take what happened in this game into practice and fix their woes, but we will see. Okay, we're going to start off here with some fan questions that we got from Instagram. On my Daily Denver Broncos page, I put up a story where fans can submit questions, and I put this story up within minutes of the Broncos game ending, and I got more questions than I can keep up with. (laughs) Uh, I've got, I think I got at least 75 questions in about 30 minutes. 
So I scrolled through and tried to accumulate what I could. Yeah, definitely if you see these on Sundays or Mondays, please by all means send in your questions and hopefully it'll be answered on the podcast. But our first question is from Bjorn Media and they ask, what can we do with a subpar linebacker core? Who's on the market that is an upgrade? Alexander Johnson. He probably would take a hometown discount too. I mean, he literally lives here. Yeah, I think him and his uh, partner have, yeah, his wife or partner have a house and a family that they've started here. So, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I don't think he would cost much to bring in because I'm going to be straight up. Alex Singleton is not good. I screamed this from the heavens like the day we signed him. I was so confused because he did most of his damage on special teams and we brought him in as like a hopeful starter to the middle linebacker core. And I was like, this isn't gonna work out well. And lo and behold, it isn't working out well. He missed a lot of tackles was exposed a lot in coverage. It was just not a pretty night for him. It wasn't a pretty night for the defense. We'll get there in a bit, but he's not starter caliber. And I worry for the Broncos if they are going to weigh on him heavily as a starter throughout the entire season. Because if we allowed the Seahawks tight ends, which consists of like Will Disley, Noah Fant, and some other dude, I can't think of his name. He's a rookie. I know. If we let them absolutely dot us up, can you imagine the damage Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are going to do? Don't talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't either. I don't either. Travis Travis Kelsey's had our number ever since he got there. I know. And that's when we actually had some linebackers doing some coverage. Now we basically don't have any. (laughs) And because, I mean, Josie Jewell is okay, I'd say. I'd say he's okay. He's like middle of the pack, definitely, in terms of the entire league. But... Great run stopper. Yeah, great run stopper, but he's got an issue staying healthy. So And can't cover. Yeah, so there's our problem there. I don't understand the trend of us taking linebackers that don't cover. Or just taking them for cheap. Really? <laughs> we haven't put that much in the linebacker position since Danny Trevathan left for Chicago after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and we refused to pay him for that. and That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, in terms of who's on the market... That is a good question. I know we tried the Joe Schobert route and apparently he was too bad. I don't, I wasn't paying much attention in the preseason to that part of the defense, but apparently. Yeah. He played the entire game and was cut after that game. And I think he was one so, of the first rounds of cuts, which makes it even worse. <laughs> they didn't yeah, even think twice. They're like, bad. you're gone. Remember when we had really high hopes for Justin Sturdad? God. Yeah, he, I don't know what's I happened met. with him. And I don't, yeah, he fell off. He's just playing on special teams from what I understand. He's just kind of waiting in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I in terms of the market, I don't know if there's anybody out there currently. If we want somebody who's starter caliber, it'll likely have to come via a trade or pick up Alexander Johnson. I mean, he's literally unsigned. Nobody's asked for him. Exactly. Jay Storb asks, can you trust the running backs in the red zone going forward? Yes, I wouldn't say one game where each of the running backs fumbled on the goal line is like causing for like us to cut them, us for like to trade them, whatever. Javante and Melvin both performed really well. I think at one point Javante had like 8.3 yards per carry. He was good. It was just super unfortunate that he fumbled in the end zone. Same with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Javante was looking really good up until that point. Yes, Melvin Gordon does have history with fumbling. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he's done it quite a bit for us. And just the fact that we fumbled so much in this game kind of makes me miss Philip Lindsay a little bit just because he has yet to fumble. I think he's the only running back in the NFL that is yet to fumble. And I think he's not even I think he's on the Colts practice squad right now so that's interesting but I would not say like you said after one game I wouldn't say phone it in call quits it's over it was just a bad game all around for a lot of position groups on the Broncos tonight Javante did look good he like you said he was averaging eight plus yards a carry he was a little bowling ball and it seemed like every person that tried to tackle him kind of came up limping a little bit he is like running into a brick wall when you try to tackle him but you know I don't know I was a little baffled with how much they tried to use Melvin Gordon in certain situations given the success of Javante you know Javante had clearly yeah Javante had clearly had the upside and was just bowling over people and then they just gave it to Gordon all of a sudden and that's when we started to kind of stumble over our own feet so to speak and I don't know it was there's a lot of questionable calls tonight in terms of personnel but hopefully it's something they'll fix during practice I think think this is just the growing pains that we're experiencing with a new quarterback new offense new coach new president new owner new everything (laughs) I think there will be some growing pains involved, and I'm hoping that we will fix those growing pains because none of our players really played bad tonight. Like, they all had their moments where they looked really good. Like, I think edge position had their moments where they looked really good. It's just unfortunate that there were so many penalties called because of stupid mistakes and bad game management. So, next question, there was actually tons and I repeat tons of questions like this asking why we hired Nathaniel Hackett. Um, there was actually some that also asked if we should fire him. And there was also some where they weren't asking to fire. They were saying that we need to fire Nathaniel Hackett. As poorly as this game went, I would say that is a little bit of an overreaction, considering this is Nathaniel Hackett's first game as a head coach, first game of the regular season for the Broncos. Yes, the Broncos had some moments where they stumbled and fell over their own feet, but I would not say it is time to fire him at all. I don't even think his coaching seat is hot. He had some very questionable calls, which is part of the next question here, which we will discuss, but it is a little early to be making claims like that. (laughs) I don't even think Vance Joseph got these kind of comments in his first game, of his first couple games as a head coach or Vic Fangio, but yeah, let's just, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that one. What do you think, Dalton? To answer the first part, I can't really tell you why we hired him, because I wasn't in the interview room personally, but I mean, he was the offensive coordinator for the... Packers during Aaron Rodgers MVP season and he was also the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars during their season when he got as much out of Blake Bortles as he could 
So we definitely saw high ceiling. Like we saw them take strides, but then they stumbled back. I think we saw what the ceiling can be like. We just have to work to get there. The thing is, I think the ceiling, I think we didn't see the ceiling, but we almost got some glimpses at it at what it could be. But I think they could definitely go higher, obviously, than what we saw tonight. The ceiling is much higher because it was, there's was a lot of lows. There are some low lows tonight. <laughs> but yeah, he was with Aaron Rodgers in his MVP season and he was able to do crazy things and we were able to see the Broncos offense actually move tonight and that was something that has been foreign to us for a couple seasons now we were actually converting on third downs that was something that actually excited me every time we converted on third down I was like oh my gosh we're moving the ball because we have not been able to do that for the past couple of seasons and that is exciting and you know if they can correct these mistakes in the un godly amount of penalties then who knows where we can go i want to emphasize that i don't think it's a red zone issue we had no issue getting into the red zone is when we caught on like the four yard line that it just it just stopped we just you just couldn't do anything and so i hope this week nathaniel hackett only focuses on goal line offense yeah red zone offense in all of practice and not red zone offense goal line offense (laughs) Yes, goal line offense and make them run a lap for every penalty that they cause. So basically, yeah, basically the entire team will be puking by the end of their laps. Yeah, (laughs) that is another terrible part of tonight's game was just the copious amount of penalties. And thing is, apparently there was a lot of no calls on the Broncos. I mean, to be honest, there was a lot of garbage calls against the Broncos. It seems like they just were so dead set on calling penalties against him. But then on the plays where they started to kind of, you know, keep the flags in their pocket, I was seeing Garrett Bowles hold a lot. And that's terrifying to me to see him start to regress again after he signed that mega contract. It's honestly terrifying because the left tackle is such a key position for a quarterback and those are just drive killers and that's what happened to us a lot tonight is the penalties were just huge drive killers dirty curdy 2490 asks why did we try a 64 yard field goal isn't that the question of the night? Oh my god. I really don't know because we gave how many how many how many how many seconds on the clock were there left? Like we wasted a ton of time in those final two minutes. If you watch the Manning with no timeouts. No yeah. timeouts. If you watch the Manning cast, you can see how badly Peyton wanted to call a timeout and it was physically paining him the fact that we didn't call one so we just wasted that's also another theme of the game is how much wasted time we had because we had like what two or three delayed penalty or delay of game penalties and then yeah it took them forever to get set and they'd be snapping the ball with like two three seconds left which is outrageous (laughs) i don't really understand why you don't give your 245 million dollar quarterback a chance to complete it on fourth and five with like three timeouts left right instead we go for a really 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 long field goal and thing is we had just taken that timeout so we had a little bit of time to take a breather get our ducks in a row figure out what was going on focus a little bit i i do think they could have converted on that fourth down with how they were i mean russell wilson was heavily favoring his tight ends most of the night as well as dumping it off to the running backs and i think we could have gotten that first down conversion and it's kind of upsetting that we did ultimately decide with on the 64 yard field goal 
because, I mean, I love Brandon McManus. He, out of all the kickers in the NFL, he didn't have the worst week. <laughs> There's a lot more worse weeks in the NFL this week for kickers, but, you know, I, I do love Brandon McManus, but I don't know. It just was not the correct decision to be made, and you can't really say, oh, hindsight is this, this. Even at the time, people were saying, go for it. I mean, I've seen in the post-game report, uh, Hackett's kind of doubling down on the fact that he wanted to go for that 64-yard field goal and he felt that it was the right decision, but I feel like a majority of Broncos country doesn't agree with that. Peyton Manning didn't agree with that either, so I'm gonna go with him too. Yeah, Peyton Manning's never wrong. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thomas asks, why doesn't Denver ever seem to learn clock management? I think that's because we never have a consistent head coach. We always fire. We've we've never we've fired three head coaches in the last six years. True. I mean, Kubiak. It's kind of a learn- entirely count. I meant like Vance Joseph. Oh wait, we didn't fire three. We fired two. I'm yeah. sorry. I was thinking we've already fired Nathaniel Hackett with how much Broncos country's overreacted. <laughs> oh, y'all be over. Y'all be overreacting. Yeah, um, it's. I don't know why. Yeah, just let's let's chill. We got 16, 17 more weeks of this. Let's all settle down, give each other a hug. We'll get through this. Hopefully the future will be a little bit brighter than tonight. But in terms of clock management, uh, again, I think it's just growing pains. Nathaniel Hackett's first game. I'm not cutting any excuses for him. It was a poorly coached game on his part. But, you know, that's just kind of how it is, I guess, when it's your first game as a head coach. Uh, yeah, I definitely hope that they fix that clock management thing sooner rather than later because that was also a big source of our drive killers tonight. It was also a big source of problems with Vic Vangio, too. Yeah. I kind of low-key want to call Vic Fangio and be like, hey, do you want to come back and be a defensive assistant, like an advisor? Did Wayne Phillips retire? I think he had a little bit of a stint going in like the XFL or one of those little side leagues, something like that. He's kind of doing stuff there. You know, I I was not happy with the defense at all in the first half, and I was actually quite embarrassed how, how we were allowing Geno Smith to look so good. But I think, thankfully, they did make some adjustments in the second half, which was good, and Allowed for zero touchdowns the entire second half, which is really impressive. It's not looked on a lot because the defense was really, really, really poor in the first half, but the second half defense was lights out. Like, didn't miss a beat. Yeah, they finally warmed up, but again, it's, you know, 40 minutes too late. <laughs> Birane Draw asks, other than the fumbles and penalties, how did the team look to you? I think that's a good ending question to end things on for the fan questions. Uh, how did the team look to you, Dalton? If you can give them an overall grade for the night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cutting out bad game management and penalties, I actually think that they look fantastic. I know that might seem a little weird to say, but Russell Wilson threw for 300 yards, I think. Jerry Judy had 101 yards and a touchdown. He only dropped one ball, and I'm okay with that because... He caught the rest. Portland Sutton came back. Albert O looked good. Javante looked good. The O-line had its moments where it looked good, but you can definitely tell that there were some regressions. And the defense played really good in the second half. Now, special teams was one of my concerns. 
I, I didn't know what Montreal Washington was doing a couple times. I was like, okay, but, but that's a rookie. That's a rookie. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and he'll learn. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely kind of agree with some of your things there. I am probably going to be a little bit more critical of the team in regards to how they look. I was not a fan of how they looked for a good majority of the night. I will say that Russell Wilson didn't play bad per se. Maybe he had a little bit of the yips in there. But, you know, I wouldn't say he played bad. I know the run game was looking good up until those couple of fumbles. We were actually moving the ball, and I was really happy about it. I mean, in the first half, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed to save their life. I just thought it was going to tumble out of control. But I just think a majority of the game was because of us tripping over our own feet like so to speak not literally I mean sometimes they were kind of tripping over their own feet like literally but we just really a lot of self-induced errors that should hopefully get fixed over time I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet if the team continues to look like this for the next six weeks then we should panic but it is game one. It was a high emotion game for both sides, so not entirely panic worthy. Seemed the Seahawks came to play. And we were also in their stadium. Their and it was fans. really loud. Yeah. So we we know how the twelfth men are, and I don't like the twelfth men anymore. Yeah, the the team that has to franchise their name from a college team. But whatever. That's another story. As hard as it is to put that bad loss behind us, we unfortunately do have to do that. And we are on to week two. Our upcoming opponent is the Houston Texans, and they will be traveling to Denver for the Broncos home opener. Looking ahead at this game, how are we feeling, Dalton, about this upcoming game? feels like another trap game. It definitely feels like another trap game because if we didn't see Houston tied with the Colts and the Colts were supposed to be one of the, if not one of the best teams in the league because they have a good defense, good O-line, good receivers, and they have the best running back in the league. Maybe not the best running back in the league. I take that back. Yeah, uh, we said this last week about the Seattle game. In our last podcast, you probably heard us say that the Seattle game was a trap game. And lo and behold, we fell right into that trap face first. And it sucks. As much as I want to dwell on this game and look at it and review it, we do have to move on and hopefully correct our mistakes heading into this Texans game. I know we will be facing Davis Mills, who has kind of... He had himself a pretty solid game against the... Colts, so we will see how he does against us. With it being the Broncos' home opener, I know that Broncos fans are going to show up loud and proud, and Powerfield is going to be rocking. Powerfield can be a hard place to play at sometimes when the fans show up, so I hope this doesn't turn into another trap game situation. I am confident in the Broncos' ability to hopefully pull out a win here. If they have more self-induced errors and insane amount of penalties, we might see another situation similar to what happened with the Seahawks. I don't want it to be a close game that we end up losing because that will just be another heartbreaker. And I don't want that, and I don't think my body can handle much more of that. (laughs) Me neither, because it's been annoying to deal with for the last six years. But there is a player I am really excited to watch next week against the Texans who played really well today. Who is that? Bradley Chubb. True. He st- he started it- off slow in the first half, and then he was like, hello, I'm back. This is his proving year. This is, de- I think this is, I, said, I think I said that last week. This is definitely his proving year, and he came out and said, I'm here. I'm still here. True. Uh, Bradley Chubb is in his contract year. If he doesn't perform this year, he will most likely find his way out of Denver. He is kind of on the outside looking in as it stands right now because there are some youngins waiting in the wing like Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper. So if he doesn't 
show up and show out, he might find himself out completely of Denver next season. As he's played up until now on his rookie contract, as it stands right now, I wouldn't say he's deserving of a extended contract, maybe a short-term contract if he ends up putting out a solid year, but, you know, a big mega pass rusher contract, no. Unfortunately, he has not done enough to earn that, but we will see at the end of the season. In terms of my players to watch, I'm going to say an entire unit and say the Broncos defense and keep an eye on them and hopefully they will not start slow next week and get their communication issues fixed. So that's going to probably be a key thing to watch here because Texans don't really have much going for them on offense, except for us. I know they still have Brandon Cooks, so we can't let him get by us. Oh yeah, and Davis Mills. See how he does? No, no, no joke. He doesn't, he, he looks pretty solid. I don't know what it is. I don't know where he came from i knew nothing of him before i decided i found out he was starting for the texans on like a thursday night game last year and i was like who is this guy it's his why does he have such a long neck yeah it's 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 his long neck that's what's that's what's doing i think he gives him powers it's like peyton's big forehead (laughs) seriously though that's where they store all their knowledge Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday evening, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. We have a lot more games ahead of us, Broncos country, so I do hope you tune in and stick with us through the thick and the thin. If you have any comments or suggestions, please let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable as possible for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I'm Dalton Coble. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast, a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at Rachel NFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.